0: Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera.
1: Shalom everybody and welcome to Christians with Torah Vacation Edition. Uh, I'm here in, uh, I don't know why this isn't a studio, we're (laughs) on vacation with our family. Uh, I'm your co-host Ryan Cabrera and I'm here this time with a special guest, my wife Ashley. How's it going? Shalom everybody. (laughs) So uh, we're going to go through uh, Matthew 13. We didn't want to skip a week, you know, I mean, going on vacation and things like that. We've done so well, Pastor Nick and I, of of going week in and week out, uh, being consistent with this. that we didn't want to skip. So um, I figured uh, Ashley's probably better than both Pastor Nick and I. Um, She's a a virtuous woman, Proverbs 31 woman. So we're going to let her participate today. I'm
0: going to try my best. This is definitely different but um, we'll let the holy spirit take this one
1: yeah amen all right so i've got a tablet here i don't have any papers i'm out of my element so if this sounds a little strange also you know we're we're using uh field equipment so to speak um so if it sounds or if you hear the people in the background there's definitely like a lot going on around us some activity (laughs) but we found power and we found Uh, a place to to be able to set up and use the camera and all that kind of stuff so so here we go so here we go all right so this week we're studying the gospel of Matthew Uh, we're in chapter 13 and we're gonna do verses 1 through 23 and it starts with the parable of the soils now Ashley is using uh, the HCSB which is the Holman standard Bible Um, so we're gonna throw in a new version in there (laughs) just for fun. So she's going to read, uh, I think it's verses 1 through 9.
0: All right, on that day Jesus went out of the house and was sitting by the sea. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down while the whole crowd stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, Consider the sower who went out to sow. As he was sowing, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Others fell on rocky ground where there wasn't much soil, and they sprang up quickly since the soil wasn't deep. But when the sun came up, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered. Others fell among thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them still others fell on good ground and produced a crop some a 100 some 60 some 30 times what was sown anyone who has ears should listen
1: if you have ears let them hear awesome all right so this is obviously a very famous passage of scripture very famous uh parable that jesus tells uh, about you know spreading the gospel spreading the good news and it's we call it obviously the parable of the four soils and so our first question here is what did yeshua come out of and where did he sit
0: so yeah he came out of the house and sat by the sea
1: so he sat by the seaside the seashore um in this case has to be the sea of galilee um and so it, you know the verses actually start out by saying on the same day so if you remember jesus was in a house and uh, they came to him they were like, hey, your brothers and your mother are at the door. And he says, well, who are my brothers? My mother, my brother, and my mother are the ones that do the will of my father. So on the same day, he goes over and sits by the Sea of Galilee, and a great multitude of uh, crowd comes and gathers to him. And this is when he says um, this parable. And so the next question we have, number two, is what did Yeshua get into while the whole multitude of people stood on the seashore? A ship. A ship. So he gets in a ship Um, so basically there's a whole bunch of people and he needs uh, an elevated way to talk to them so right there on the shore he gets into a boat so that he can be higher than the people are sitting on the shore and that he can project his voice so that he can speak to them Um, and then next question being just what method did yeshua speak many things to the people So he told, them, he told them stories that acted as examples. And that's basically what a parable is. It's a, it's a story that in the story, there's a metaphor for some real life circumstance or thing, and it okay. helps people understand a principle, and that principle then allows them to extrapolate that into real life.
0: With a deeper meaning sometimes.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and then also multiple meanings. Multiple. So I think a lot of times what ends up happening is we give um, a certain meaning to a parable, uh, a great example of that would be the uh, the parable of the prodigal son. And so many different uh, you know doctrines and and examples and sermons and teachings have been done through the parable of the prodigal, even movies done through the parable of the prodigal son because again, it's a, it's a principle. And then they're extrapolating using that principle into many facets of life. And so one of the beautiful things about Jesus using parables is that he was able to do that with his teachings.
0: And what was cool was he was using the resources around him make something happen so yeah. he used ship he's using he's thinking outside of the box yeah to, uh, to have that opportunity so so many times we wait on the perfect things to do God's will when God just wants you to step out in faith and, and use what's around you
1: yeah amen and so a parable was a comparing comparison or one other th- or one thing with a sorry a comparing or a comparison of one thing with another likeness and a similitude And so parables are Yeshua's means of communicating truth through a narrative analogy in order to teach a moray or spiritual lesson. And so another thing to to note is that sometimes people understood the parables. Sometimes people didn't. And Jesus himself even said, you know, he's like, hey, you know, some people are going to understand these. Some people won't. You know, blessed are those that understand or blessed are those that aren't offended of me um, because of the way that he speaks and teaches. And so sometimes, you know, we can find ourselves frustrated with the fact that we don't have, like, the perfect interpretation of something. Right um, But in time, the Holy Spirit and, you know, the Spirit of God just will give you that download um, through the parables, which is why it's such a good thing, because God's a, a crockpot God, not a microwave God, right? So he's giving you things, um, you know, over time. Let it percolate, let it seep so that you can get meaning more and more and more as you go, rather yeah, than just, seem- like, Boom, you know, like all of a sudden you're just, you know, microwaved into an understanding. And then you actually appreciate the understanding, right? So it's a little little better there. So um, the first type of soil was by the wayside. And so verses 3 and 4 uh, in the King James go like this. It says, And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. So this first example is that the seed falls by the wayside and is devoured by the birds or the fowl of the air. So they come down and they scoop it up and they grab it. And so, um, you know, this has been, you know, given many interpretations. And I'm going to go through all four of the soils and just kind of give just what they are. And then after that, Jesus goes through in the next set of verses and gives an interpretation. So we're going to go through that uh, after the fact. So the second type of soil is stony places. And this is in verses 5 and 6 of chapter 13. And um, you can uh, you can read it. I'm going to read it in the King James. It says, Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth. And forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. Um, it's interesting talking about sowing seeds and Plants and stuff like that. We're on uh, vacation, like I mentioned, and uh, I had, right before we left, set up a bunch of... Me, if you hear some wind, because wind. <laughs> um, Right before we left, I had set up some irrigation for some new fruit trees that we planted. And lo and behold, um, my mom was going over there to take care of one of our animals, and guess what? She's like, hey, there's water spraying out of a hose in the middle of one of your, you know, in the middle of your yard. I was like, Oh, awesome. You know, I wonder how long that's been going on. And I wonder if our plants got water. So I just had to cut it off. My dad went over there later and replaced the hose for me. But you know, long story short is I'm over here worried about my plants being scorched, you know, and here we are talking about parables of Jesus, you know, with scorching seeds before their time because they're new plants, right? So you don't want them to get scorched too much by the sun without enough water because then they won't survive. So, all right. So the second example is that the seed falls upon the stony places because it has no deepness of in the earth but for the roots. The sun scorches it and withers it away. So moving on to the third type. Uh, the third type of soil is among thorns. And in the King James, this is verse seven, and it says, and some fell among thorns and the thorns sprung up and choked them. And again, that's verse thir- uh, chapter 13, verse seven. And this third example is that the f- seed just falls among thorns Um, sometimes called thistles and it chokes it out. So you can imagine when, um, again, even just this past couple weeks, planting seed or planting some shoots, um, you know, friend of ours, Matthew Sprunt gave us some shoots of sweet potato and I put them in the ground and I'm over there trying to, uh, mulch it to keep, you know, grass and weeds from growing up, you know, unless you really get rid of the grass and weeds before you put stuff down, the grass and weeds are going to come through that mulch. Um, and they have been, and we've been, you know, working at maintaining them, right? Ooh. But, uh, but still, I mean, the weeds are relentless. Weeds are relentless. So can the weeds in life, amen. So, so there is one fourth type of soil, uh, and that is uh, found in thirteen, uh, chapter thirteen, verse eight, and that is, but other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Now the fourth example is that the seed falls on good ground and bears fruit. The parable should encourage spiritual sowers who teach, preach, and seek to lead others to the Lord and to keep working even though all their listeners do not respond to the gospel. And then it finally says in verse 9, Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. So human ears hear many sounds, but there is a deeper kind of listening that results in spiritual understanding, and um, I mean I just know this to be true, even just with my kids, because I'll have like seven kids trying to talk to me all at once, and I only have four. But you know, I'm using seven as an exaggeration. We, it feels like seven. Yeah, it does. Feels like twenty sometimes, uh, especially when they all need something all at the same time. But you know, just being on vacation, I want to eat this. Where's this? You know, we're you know we're in a camper, and everything is in some different place uh, than it normally is because we're not at home, and And so it's, it gets confusing. And then you hear, you have, you know, people trying to talk to you and you're thinking about three other things all at the same time and something is getting lost in there. Right. And then somebody will be like later, Hey, did you bring this? Or do you have that? And it'll be like, no, like, what are you talking about? And then it's like, well, I told you. And it's like, you know, was I listening? You know, I think we can be like that with God. God is giving us signs, talking to us all the time. He says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me and so we're his sheep he's our shepherd and he says that my sheep hear my voice and so i think sometimes we're just too busy to stop and focus enough to listen amen and so that's why we do these things that's why we take so many so few verses at a time because we really want to be able to absorb whatever you know god is saying through his word amen i mean i got
0: something different
1: you did go ahead let's hear it
0: well especially with like these baby plants, they're very vulnerable, they're in such a delicate state, and you feel like you're working so hard in the beginning, um, and it requires a lot of your time, a lot of effort, a lot of different things, shade, no shade, water, fertilizer, that sometimes you want to give up, but you don't realize that in the beginning there's a lot that goes into it but once you get this plant established it really starts requiring less from you the tree gets stronger it gets uh, it gets uh, better root system so it's able to get nutrients probably a lot easier than these baby plants so you know whether it's plants or whether it's something that you're starting in your life that's new and you feel like the, the beginning stages are exhausting or like with your faith in the beginning you're learning and you're confused if you're doing something different a new way of life but the more you do it the stronger you're gonna get yeah and you're gonna see that progression in the stages just like plants or just like children the little ones here require more the older ones don't
1: interesting so. yeah I mean that's just it and then what does a mature you know plant or tree end up doing
0: produces much fruit.
1: It, it bears fruit. And
0: that's the best part. That's yeah. true. That's a good point. Because then when you start seeing something come out of it, you're like, yes, what I'm doing is working. You yeah. know, yeah. it just, it's encouraging.
1: Do you know what an alley-oop is? Oh, well, that was an alley-oop. It's like where one guy on the basketball court throws it up towards the hoop, you know, yeah. and the other guy comes and grabs it, dunks it. So I, him, I, I dunked an Yeah, you just, you know, I, I just toss it up there for you and you're just like. <laughs> <whoosh>. All right. <laughs> All right, so moving on, um, we're going to read, I think, some more. Um, I'll read this one if you want. Um, All right, so we're going to read verses 10 through 17. And it says here, And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has to him more will be given and he will have abundance but whoever does not have even what he has will be taken away from him therefore i speak to them in parables because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear nor do they understand and in them the prophecy of isaiah is fulfilled which says hearing you will hear and shall not understand and seeing you will see and not perceive for the hearts of his people have grown dull and their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for, you, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For assuredly I say to you, that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see, and did not see it, and to hear what you hear, and did not hear it. Man, that's some powerful stuff. That really that really gets into some thick stuff there. Oh, um,
0: well, there's hope towards the end.
1: There is. We're getting there. Yeah. There's definitely hope. So, so let's just run through the basics on this second passage. Um, it says, what questions did the disciples ask Yeshua? That's why?
0: Why speakest thou unto them in parables?
1: Yeah. Why speakest thou to them in parables? I love King James. Why speakest thou to them in parables? Um
0: Well, they were just like, just say what you mean. Just <laughs> tell me, Lord, what's the answer? Yes or no. How many yeah. times do we you know
1: say yeah, that just, to God? Just say what you mean, right? Yeah. Why you gotta cloud it in little, you know, whatever, you know? And little stories. And so obviously Yeshua being a faithful shepherd, has a response for them. And what is his his response? In verse 11
0: because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven but to them it is not
1: given right so he says because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven but it hasn't been given to those people yeah and so that's interesting uh what makes you know i always have the question what makes somebody worthy to know or not worthy to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven and you get into you know people talk about calvinism or predestination and pre-selection or election and things like that, class warfare and different classes of people, people that are in the know, people that are not in the know, people that believe, people that don't believe. Why, why does one person grow up in one way that leads to this and one person grows up in another way that leads to that, right? And ultimately, you know, uh, Paul answers this question with just basically the sovereignty of God is the answer, that God is sovereign. And, you know, just like what Moses said and and what Paul said that, you know, God will, or Jesus, or I'm just going to throw every biblical name out there real quick. But uh, well, Paul says that, you know, uh, I'll have mercy on who I'll have mercy on. And that's that's that. You know, why is it that some get it and some don't? Just like the Hebrew roots, right? Like, why is it that some of us understand the relevance of Torah and what a blessing it is and see such a joy in keeping God's ways and in receiving it? And then other people have interpreted it as bondage and like a slavery. And, uh, and it's such a frustrating frustrating thought, because we get so much joy out of Sabbath, so much joy out of the feast days, so much joy out of all these things that we do. It's not like we're doing them, you know, out of uh, religious uh, necessity, right? Uh, Jesus did away with the penalty for sin for those of us that believe in him. So even if we sin at this point, right, that penalty has already been taken. But how much more now, us as representatives of Jesus Christ, do are we more responsible, just like Abraham, was responsible just like you know all of the the patriarchs the forefathers were responsible amen yeah. just interesting and and when we're given this revelation just like jesus says hey you know you've been given this revelation it's not for other people you know how much more is the revelation a responsibility you
0: know? it should be treasured
1: and should be treasured exactly right
0: special it should feel chosen chosen right. doesn't mean easy chosen just means
1: it definitely doesn't it mean sometimes easy.
0: be harder
1: it's like that new show the chosen it's all about the disciples and how they were chosen but right. all of them were martyred yeah. in terrible ways you know uh crucified upside down i think peter was you but know what
0: a blessing you know to be shown the mysteries of god
1: well because this is it's an it's an eternal impact you have to have your mindset on eternity yes. and not on the short term because if your mindset's on eternity that makes all the difference right right So, all right, I'm going to read verses 12 and 13 uh, from the King James. It says, For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. Therefore speak speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. So Yeshua said that when we take to heart and use well what we do understand, you will be given additional insight and understanding. So that's, that's an interesting way to interpret it.
0: Right. I mean, so it's saying, be faithful with the little, the Lord will continue giving
1: you. Pretty much. Well, and that's, and that's I, I look at this, I'm an entrepreneur, right? I own a business. And so I, I think about this in a, in a way also where I say, this is a principle of life because I can look around and I can see it. The people with one mindset, have one set of of things, right? They're they're in a certain circumstance. And people with a different mindset have a different set of circumstances in life. And it's not always monetary because I'm not necessarily just talking about money. I'm talking about things. So like if your mindset is of abundance, then you'll have abundance because you have that positive outlook where there's always a possibility. And so it, it changes your actions. And the same thing for those that don't have, right? How is it that they never seem to get out of that poverty, whether it's Spiritual poverty, mental poverty, you know, actual monetary poverty or whatever. Yeah. I thought you had
0: something. No, so, I'm just listening to that.
1: Well, it just, it just makes me think, So you know? it's like
0: it's for everyone.
1: Absolutely. But
0: you also have to open yourself to receive. Right. Sometimes we may want to keep doing the same thing because we can get sometimes stuck in our own ways.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But if
0: we humble ourselves, he'll teach you new ways. Right. He'll redirect you. He'll re-lead you. It takes some vulnerability, but even in the business, yeah. I mean, you have learned to humble yourself and uh, let God show you. Because how many? How well, many I've been mistakes, humbled. Yeah. <laughs> how many mistakes do we do along the way? But yeah. that's just part of the process. Um,
1: no, but but like you said, if you have the mentality that there is possibility, then you'll you'll yeah. step out in faith. Yeah. And you know, I, I'm not a prop. A prosperity gospel component or I'm not a prosperity gospel proponent prosperity gospel proponent but I think that there is a a piece of prosperity that we will have it doesn't again necessarily mean money but you will have prosperity in the kingdom of God because God is our father and has the cattle on a thousand hills there's no resources that he is not able to provide for those that have vision and are walking out what he wants. So that
0: will walk it out. He's looking for people to walk it out.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So think about if if God has given you a vision and you're not walking in it, He's not gonna provide the resources that you need to finish because you're not gonna do it, right? But if He's if you do have the vision that He's given you and you're walking it out, then all of a sudden the resources come because where there's vision, there's provision, which is something Pastor Nick always says. Yeah. Is it true? Yeah. It's true. Every time I've ever had a vision and done anything for the Lord, the Lord has always provided. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've never lacked, um, you know, whenever we needed something, especially to do His will. Yeah. Um, even, you know, it, 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 it is what it is. I mean, there, and we can come up with many, you know, uh, outlier examples and things like that, but I would argue that in every case, God was providing exactly what He wanted for His will to be done.
0: In that time. In that moment,
1: right. So... Um, Anyway, so I just find it interesting. So then there's a, so how do you take this otherwise? Because I'm talking this from an entrepreneurial standpoint.
0: So say it again.
1: So it's it's whoever has, more will be given to him, right? And whoever doesn't have, and he'll have abundance, right? Whoever doesn't have, even what he does have, will be taken away from him. That doesn't really sound no. fair, right? But but again, we can see it. I mean, I can see it out there in the world.
0: It'll be taken away from him. So does that mean, like, if you hold on so tight to it because your fear of losing it, you might lose it in any way?
1: Interesting. Interesting. So being a conduit for for God's will yeah. will provide you with more yeah. abundance.
0: Or yeah. don't hold so tightly fearing.
1: Yeah. Right. Because sometimes
0: it seems like it says in what you have, you'll even lose. Right. Gosh. Even what you
1: do have is going to be taken away. Yeah.
0: I wonder if it's because they feared so much about not having that. The focus was on the wrong thing. Amen.
1: But the focus should be on the Lord, right? All right. So, all right. Next up is, and in them, this is uh, verses nine through ten. Uh, I'm sorry, verses verse fourteen of chapter thirteen it says, and in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which says, "By hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see and not perceive." Um. And then verse fifteen, for the people's heart is waxed gross. And their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at all, at lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and they should understand with their hearts, and be and should be converted, and I would heal them. And when I read this, it said, uh lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand in their hearts with their hearts and turn." And obviously, this coming from uh, Isaiah was, you know, it's a quote of a Hebrew scripture, which comes, which I'm guessing is going to be the word shub or the word teshuvah, which is obviously the idea of repentance of turning, turning towards God, turning away from whatever else it was changing your mind or your understanding would be, um, you know, the the more Greek understanding of repentance. Yeah.
0: So it wasn't just, uh, there's an ability to change. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I like towards the end because it's saying all these things. You'll listen, you won't understand, you'll see, you'll look, and you won't perceive. Your heart has grown hard. I mean, you don't want to be that person.
1: Correct. Well, and then I think the second half is basically just saying that if you were not in that position where your heart has grown dull and your ears, you know, have hardened and you won't hear and you won't see and you won't perceive, if you weren't in those positions, then you would understand and hear and then you'd get the message, and then you would turn, and so your your actions would change if you would turn back, turn to God, because He's faithful, right? So, All right. So the people's heart was waxed gross or grown dull. No, this is the bullet. Points. Oh, uh, grown dull of hearing, barely able to hear. So basically, they were barely able to hear and their eyes had closed and the only way that people can see and hear is if they should understand with their heart and be converted or turned so yeshua can heal them i think that's kind of basically what we just converted described. with their heart not with their mind right
0: <laughs> sometimes we want our brains to figure it out so we can change but it's our hearts that needs to change
1: well and sometimes our brains do get it but, but then it hearts, but yeah. then it's academic right it's it's bridging the 18 inch gap from here to hear, from the, yeah. the brain to the heart, that it can be very difficult. Um, I know it's difficult for me. You know, yeah. um, I, I know a lot of people, okay, so also mainstream Christianity, friends of mine, even family members, things seem very academic, right? They're up here in the cloud, and so we'll talk about things, but then there's no right action. It's like, well, I don't understand. Like if you get it, if you think it's a good thing, if you yeah. can see the scriptures and you agree, it out. why not do it? do it take the action on it you know um i can say this uh the thing that brought me that really got the the relevance of torah from my brain to my heart was doing the sabbath
0: yeah because doing brought revelation and understanding and an opportunity for god to show you things in the action so just like like the pesach passover which we just um, finished you're taking out the leaven because he's showing you so while you're doing it's not the doing but while you're doing it i think the lord speaks to you
1: absolutely well i i i I use this example a lot but like just the law of sowing and reaping you really understand it best when you have put a seed in the ground you've watered it and you watch the lord bring the increase
0: especially if you're a hands-on learner like we homeschool and we just love to do to learn you know yeah so some of us maybe needed that for <laughs> maybe he put that in there for you uh connect kin- what is it
1: uh kinetic learning yeah kinesthetic you know Aesthetic. people well and i don't necessarily just think that it's just about kinesthetic learning styles or anything like that i, I really truly believe that god gives us the things that, like in the torah because they teach us spiritual lessons and so that's a, something that I think everybody within Christianity agrees with that You can find the principles in the Old Testament, right? That God is giving you these principles But then they say that it's not relevant anymore because now we have Jesus and that's now that Jesus is here right now That Shiloh has come right the Messiah that these things were just a foreshadowing of him and that now these things are no longer relevant but what they don't gather is that Jesus wrote the Torah, right? This Yeshua is the author of the Word of He is the Word. And so He walked all of this out, and we're called to walk even as He walked. And what you find is from personal experience as you start to walk out the yeah. things that God has provided us in the Torah, or in any principle that He gives us in the Word, that once you do the things that you think are the monotonous things, all of a sudden you start to really get like a, a, a better understanding. Of what God's really saying. Because, again, it has to come from here to here. That's why, like, let's say that you're struggling with your tongue. You know, James talks about curbing your speech and speaking in a way that is, you know, positive, not cursing and things like that. And that's one of the things where you struggle. You, you have a temper. You get angry and you say things and whatnot. There might be something that the Torah can use to help you learn to curb your tongue.
0: Well and also it, it brings you shoe in every part of your life. Your eating, your appearance, your speech, your thinking. So I think this also gives some more opportunity in our everyday walk physical, emotional, spiritual.
1: It's, well, it's an immersion, right? Yes. It's, it's a yes. spiritual, yes. you know, mikvah yes. on a daily basis yes. where you're dipping yourself in. And it's
0: only helping us because that way we, you know, it, it helps us. We remember.
1: Right. What is? I mean, I forget which verse it is in Deuteronomy, but it says, oh, that they would have the heart in them to keep my commandments and my statutes and my judgments, right? That it would go well with them and their children forever. Well. So not because... He wants to boss us around and tell us what to do, right? Or for some ethereal, spiritual purpose or esoteric knowledge or some Gnostic purpose. But so that it'll go well with you. Hey, do my ways. My ways are better than your ways. Hey, oh, my ways are higher than your ways. You know, imagine that. Um, You trust
0: the process. Maybe you don't see it right away. Keep doing it. Trust the process because... You're going to start seeing things that you never saw before, things you're, you never felt before, things you never heard yeah. before. Yeah. Just like he said, you turn and, and all those things are going to
1: come. Yeah, I agree. Well, and, and I think sometimes we overcomplicate the Word of God. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, the Bible is a working man's book and it is meant for farmers and lay people to be able to understand and walk out, and that not everybody was intended to be a. Torah scholar or a rabbi, that that this is meant to be instructions for people to be able to live their daily lives out in a godly way.
0: And have peace.
1: And set themselves apart in a way that their lifestyle sets them apart to God. That, hey, these people are are godly people. These people are aligned with Jesus. These people are aligned with Yahweh, that they're part of his covenant people, that they're not just the average people right yeah. so You're we're marked
0: by god we're marked
1: exactly and one of the ways that we're marked is through the covenant And i just again i don't think it's that complicated i think that when we get into the conversation of what we have to do or don't have to do that we miss missed the point yeah. then my that's the conversation that everybody wants to have you know um all right so so what two body parts did yeshua say the disciples would be blessed with and why it's obviously their eyes and their ears, ears. why because their eyes would see their ears would hear, and he says, "What two types of people did Yeshua say desired to see those things which the disciples saw, and had not seen them, and hear those things that the disciples had heard but had not heard them? There was many prophets and righteous men. Yeah. So basically, everybody seeking the Lord yeah. before Yeshua yeah. was looking for the Messiah. Longing even the people, days, yeah. like even the people that were, you know, against Yeshua, were still seeking." their version of the Messiah, right? I mean, obviously their hearts were in the wrong place and yada, yada, yada. We get you know deeper into that, but they're still looking for Messiah. So there the yeah. disciples are face to face with God in the flesh. What? Uh, count me in, right? Sign me up. So, all right. So we're moving on to our next section, which is uh, chapter 13, verses 18 through 23. And this is the peril of parable of the four soils explained. And Ashley's going to read verses 18 through 23. Okay.
0: Uh, but what comes out of the mouth comes from the heart. And this. That's chapter 50. Oh. The 30. wind blew me away. Yeah.
1: Okay.
0: Here we go. Uh, 18 through 23. 18. Yeah. You then listen to the parable Parable of the Sower. When I, when anyone hears the word about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the one sown along the path. And the one, the one sown on the rocky ground, this is one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself. It has no root in himself, but it's short-lived. When pressure or persecution comes of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now the one sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the worries of this age and the seduction of wealth choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But the one sown on the good ground, this is the one who hears and understands the word, who does bear fruit and yield some hundred, some sixty, some thirty times. What is so
1: I want to be the hundredfold. Yes, yes. you want to be the hundredfold. Do yes. you want to be the hundredfold? Yeah. That's what I want to be. I wonder how you get to be the hundredfold. You probably got to have like really good soil, right? <laughs> you got to like really cultivate that soil, get it, prepare yourself for the Lord. Um, so, verse eighteen: Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower, uh, and it's. Yeah, but it it repeats. So like the outline will repeat. So the first type of soil is by the wayside, which we talked about earlier. It says, When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. So the wicked one is Satan or the devil who takes away the understanding of the word of the kingdom from their heart that's in verse 19 and if the heart is hardened the word cannot take root so uh i always try to put myself into these situations or think of examples of people um that are like this right that that um the, the things are thrown by the wayside you know on say like the path instead of on like let's say you have a path next to a garden and some of the seed just falls on the path um
0: we've probably done all of these things throughout our
1: Oh no but doubt in those
0: stages, right? <laughs>
1: no doubt, but I think that it's Looking just back. it's easy for the devil to come in and snatch it away. So like let's say somebody goes to church and they are very casual, they ended up there maybe by accident. They hear it and they're like, Wow, that's great. But then like, you know, the enemy comes in, you know, immediately afterwards they go home and their parents who are atheists or whatever, you know, immediately tell them that's stupid or Or maybe it puts it or, a
0: seed of doubt
1: or right steals it away yeah steals it away so the second type of soil the second type of soil the second type of soil is stony and so in verse 20 it says or 20 and 21 i'm sorry but he that received the seed into stony places the same as he that heareth the word in anon or immediately with joy receiveth it yet hath he not root in himself but dureth for a while for when tribulation or persecution ariseth, Because of the word, by and by, he is offended. So I'm going to go through some bullet points here. And so the stony soil is a person who receives the word with joy, but only for a while. Because of tribulation and persecution, the word does not take root. It goes on to say that the person becomes offended at the word. Right. And I think mine said uh, that he immediately stumbles in the New King James. Um Now, this word offended in the Greek is the word "scandalizo," and it means to entrap, trip up, uh, figuratively to stumble, or transitively to entice to sin, uh, apostasy or displeasure, or to make uh, offended or to offend. And so, again, we're talking about um, the stony places where the, the soil fell. Now, because the word fell on stony soil, it cannot take root and become a lifestyle. And produce fruit for the long term, so it's just a short-lived thing. So it produces something, right? There's yeah. a short-lived existence. It doesn't get immediately eaten up by a bird or or whatever. This one, I think, gets scorched by the sun. Um, but you know, just you know, it's frustrating when these things happen because you're like, you know, man, you really want people when they go and they hear the word of. God and then they are excited about the message of the gospel and they've received it with joy, you want that to take root. And so, um, many times in my life, I've seen people receive the word of God with joy, be very excited for a very short time. And then immediately, you know, something happens and it stumbles them up and they, you know, they go back, you know, to whatever it was that they were doing before. So, um, now, because the word, or no, it says in Matthew twenty-four, ten, the same word for offended is used to describe the signs of the last days. Um, and that then shall many be offended, scandalizo, and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. So Matthew 24 being the Hall of the discourse um, talking about, you know, the last days and how um, there'll be a great falling away. Many people will betray and hate one another and all that. So same idea. Um, you know, the person, the, the word gets scorched right because it fell on rocky soil and they end up you know withering away so the third type of soil is among the thorns this is the one that i think that most people that call themselves believers can relate to it says here he also that received seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful so the seed among the thorns is actually heard um but because of anxiety distractions and the deceitfulness of riches it literally gets choked out and unfruitful the word choked means to suffocate or to drown um man this is again like i said i think that i personally probably relate to this one the most um you know we're called to be mindful of the lord at all times to keep him with us to walk with him daily, and what happens to me is things come into my life that are not necessarily bad. Right? Like, I wouldn't call them sinful things. What they are is they're things that get me busy. And, yeah. You know, busy is an acronym. I don't know if you've ever heard this, but B U S Y, being under Satan's yoke, um, and
0: distracting.
1: right, and it distracts you. And it distracts me. You know, like whether it's with work or the kids or. Um, even things at church, right, say that I'm busy, you know, uh, with different things, uh, you know, in the ministry.
0: Uh, it still be very distracting.
1: And it causes distraction. And what that does is it prevents you from doing the things that maybe we're called to do, like praying, reading, spending time with the Lord, having quiet time, worshiping, um, spiritual exercises, that even though these seem like things that we're doing for the outward. Sure. Right. This is God there's pouring good
0: reason behind
1: into us in the
0: busyness, right? There's, oh, of course. Well, yeah. we got
1: plenty. Listen, I got good excuses. Yeah, let me tell good you good
0: reasons, and it's not that you want to be busy, but it could easily—that's something that the enemy could definitely use. Oh,
1: but for sure, yeah, Without to a pull doubt. us
0: away. Even though you're doing the work of the Lord, you could still be a little bit far away from God. Oh,
1: absolutely.
0: And I think that's the that's the harder one to. Uh, to realize because when you're doing things of the world you know you're in the world but sometimes you can be doing you know church stuff or ministry stuff and and still not realize that um you're busy you're not You're not staying connected
1: yeah
0: that's harder to well it is because,
1: to, again, because again when you're, you're di-
0: diagnosed well when you're
1: distracted <laughs> do you know you're distracted
0: right yeah you don't you're know. distracted you <laughs> do these things <laughs> intentionally who wants to be away from God it's just it's the deceiver it's the wicked one right
1: no, exactly right. And so uh, finally, the fourth type of soil is good ground. And it says here in verse 23, But he that received seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some hundred, uh, a hundredfold, some sixty and some thirty. So the seed that fell on good ground not only bears fruit, but becomes a lifestyle and a way of life for all to see. That's pretty much how it bears fruit. Mm-hmm. For it, all to see. Right, there's a note here from Pastor Nick, we should all be fruit inspectors, right? Fruit inspectors. Yeah. And Matthew chapter 7 verse 20 says wherefore by their fruits ye shall know them.
0: Well, it definitely helps you when you're trying to maybe discern a friendship or a relationship or uh, look for fruit for sure. But I, I sometimes we just got to do you cuz you's enough, right?
1: Oh man. <laughs> well, that's true. But you know to that end, um you know we don't we don't have the right as uh, believers or non-believers or anything to question yeah. motives, right? Motives are weighed by the Lord. Yes. What we look at is we look at the fruit. And so yeah. um, we had a conversation about this. I think when we were studying Matthew chapter 7, and it was pretty, I thought it was a pretty good discussion. in just the fact that there's people out there that maybe are not your cup of tea, but they're bearing good fruit. Yeah. Um, and I think that we have to remember that that we're supposed to be looking at people's fruit. And maybe sometimes I might like the personality of somebody better, but the fruit is bad and that I need to be wary of that fruit, right? Or, or vice versa, right? Maybe I'm not so excited to work with somebody or to do something with somebody or to join a ministry or conjunction or whatever, partnership, but they have good fruit. And, and so it's important to, to notice those things and also to understand what is the fruit that we're talking about here. I think the low-hanging fruit would be the, the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. It's actually the Bible verse, I think, for the kids right now. Um, and, you know, if we're looking at, hey, how am I doing in this? Then a good way to do that is to look at yourself and the nine fruits of the Spirit and grade yourself from one to ten. How do I feel like I'm doing? and the fruits of the spirit. If you really want to ask somebody that you trust, maybe you can have them do it for you, like, you know, on a weekly, monthly, or quarterly basis, uh, depending on how much pain you want to go through, your spouse, especially, and could tell you, you know, am I being loving, am I being gentle, am I being kind, you know? Uh, because sometimes we have-
0: Self-seeking.
1: Am I being self-seeking, That's right? hard. Sometimes we can have a blind spot in those areas, yeah. and it's important to- We all need to
0: grow in one area or another.
1: Especially me, right? Both of us. <laughs> She's just being humble because we're on here. <laughs> so, I think all of us want to strive for that hundredfold. Um, I know that for me personally, in my own life, that's what I want. I want to, oh, I need to stop hitting the table and Barbie makes noise. She keeps yeah, like pushing yes. my hand. Um, you know, I, I, want, I want that life that people can see from the outside that God can see from the inside, that in both places it's a consistency, a genuineness, and that it's bearing fruit, you know, a hundredfold. That's that's the goal. That, yeah. you know. Also, this is also one of the things I hadn't mentioned yet, is that this whole thing is about discipleship. You know, that as we look for people that to disciple, as we become disciples of Yeshua, we should be discipling others and showing other people the way. Uh, and that doesn't necessarily always mean just teaching them, you know, the do's and don'ts of Torah. It means teaching them the fruit of the Spirit and teaching them to live,
0: showing them the fruit of the Spirit
1: and teaching them the Spirit-led life. What does it look like to be a man or a woman that's led by the Spirit, that makes your decisions in conjunction with the Spirit of God, that stops and prays about things, you know, and and shows that that lifestyle that's different than the world. So um, we've gone through verses 1 through 23, um, and now we've come to the part where what two things... we get Hmm. from this section of scripture and so should i make you go first or do you need a second
0: second. you need a
1: second okay so um i would say my first one would be you need to be sowing seed that would be the first thing that i get out of it because um you know i i think don't get
0: discouraged
1: well i think that we want to bear fruit we want it to bear right? I think that's, well, we want to bear fruit. Oh, ourselves. Right? Because the Lord has, we, we were once a seed. A seed was sown into us at some point.
0: Yes. Somebody took the patience, right?
1: Yeah, somebody took the time. Yeah. You know? some, um.
0: some of us more than others, but yeah, somebody.
1: Well, and some of us were, some of us went through all four soils, right? Some of yeah. us started out as near the wayside. Some of us were the rocky soil, then we were thorns and thistles, and now we're in the good soil. Or maybe you're somewhere along that path, um, and you're listening to this, and it's time. Or you love
0: someone that's along that path. Right. There's hope.
1: Right. So, but, again, somebody has to be scattering the seed. If the seed is is spreading the gospel and the good news, um, then it's a numbers game, right? We need to be casting it on the soil, and we want to try to cultivate good soil in people. We want to believe in people, and, and cast the seed, which is spreading the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that would be my first thing.
0: I would tag along from yours. Actually, that just kind of came to me. Oh, praise God. Well, I think as the times are approaching, maybe the ground is different times, different signs of the times. But maybe right now the ground is good and ready. So this is a good time to go out. Well, and plant those seeds.
1: Just like Jesus said there's a hunger in you know, it. he looked out over the wheat field and he says the, the you know the field is white meaning yes. you know like wheat grows up green but then it turns to like a pale color. Yeah. And he says you know the field is pale basically yeah. and it's ripe for the harvest. Yeah. And he says that the the harvest is plentious, right? There's plenty to yeah. harvest, but the laborers are few. And there's you know there's a call to us as believers, especially those walking in the Hebrew roots, there's not a lot of evangelical Hebrew roots people. A lot yeah. of, a lot of people want to teach their teaching and show people sure. again the do's and don'ts, or yeah. you know what shape the earth is, or you know what pet doctrine that they have and why theirs is correct. Like I was just reading in one of the Hebrew roots groups about um, baptism in the name of Jesus versus you know the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Right. And so, the well, they would argue that that's very important. But I'm, I'm giving these as examples as spreading the the good news of the gospel of Yeshua, you know the, the Christ, the Messiah is the Great Commission. It's what yeah. he has told us as ambassadors to be doing, mm-hmm. um, and so
0: and the time is now.
1: And the time is now. And if the har- if the if the field was white and ripe for harvest back then, mm-hmm. I, I can only imagine what it's like today as we approach the last days and we have things that we can point to. Hey, Israel is a nation since 1948. Um, You know, that Jerusalem is now united back with Israel. um, That, you know, there's prophecy after prophecy after prophecy being fulfilled. That there's, you know, grapevines in the fields or on the mountains of Samaria Mm -hmm. um, being harvested by Gentiles. And and pruned by Gentiles and planted by Gentiles, yeah. and so all these things. There's forests being grown on the mountains of Ephraim again. There's so many prophecies that are coming to pass yeah. that are the signs of the times that were written in the prophets, you know, thousands of years ago, left for us as breadcrumbs to see and to pick up the ball. And now we have a mandate uh, to spread the good news and to show people these things that they can also believe.
0: What an opportunity! Yeah, to, amen. To be a part of those people. Yeah, amen. that was foretold that would be used by God.
1: Yeah, amen. And so then the second thing I would say is that uh, we have to be cultivating good ground in ourselves. Um, I think that spiritual exercises, prayer, reading the Word, spending time with God, and uh, worship and fellowship, those things I would say, if you're not doing those four things, uh, then you're not doing the basic blocking and tackling of Christianity. Who cares how long your tzitzits are or how you tie them, uh, or whether you wear them or not? If you're not doing the block, if you're not spending time with the Lord, then what's the point, you know?
0: And loving others.
1: Right, fellowship, loving others, right? Mm-hmm. It's hard. It is hard. So those are my two. And you had one. Do you so have anything else so you're good?
0: Um, I also want to be the person that doesn't shut my ears and can't hear and can't see anymore. I want to see. I want to hear. I want to listen. Yeah. And we do that by just staying in the Word and not giving up. And and what is it? Don't. uh despise small
1: beginning. Yeah, don't despise small beginnings. It's funny I was just having that conversation with somebody. Um, just that I don't want to be the person like that. I've come this far, and now this far is enough with the right. Lord, right? Um, I remember, you know, when we watched a teaching that changed our lives forever and brought us into this understanding of the relevance of Torah and the feast days and the Sabbath and all that, and that changed my life forever. And everyone around me thought I was insane, right? Mm-hmm. That I'm trampling the cross of Christ underfoot, which I couldn't be doing. It's mm-hmm. not true at all, right? Mm-hmm. But that I want to continue to be open to whatever God wants to tell us, whatever his revelation is, and receive it with joy and with right action. You know?
0: So let's keep growing. Let's keep sowing.
1: <laughs> keep growing sowing. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So I'm going to pray this out. Father, we love you. We're so grateful for your word. We're so thankful for Matthew for, for writing these words down for us, that so we would have them and recording this. And uh, and I thank you for the parable of the four soils. And I thank you, God, that you're still sowing seed today and you're sowing seed in us. And I just ask, Father, that you would help us cultivate good ground uh, and sow seeds. And we just pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 All right, guys, if you need me, you can uh, email me at ryan2praise.net. At uh, I get that email on my phone so I can get that. You can also uh, like and subscribe and do all that kind of stuff for us on all of our social media channels. Um, Share it with your friends, all that of stuff. Get the word out. And thank you so much to my guest host today.
0: Thank you for uh, having me. Much
1: better looking than my normal guest host. Um, don't tell him I said that. And, uh, and praise God. We're just so thankful. So bless you guys. Have a great week.
0: Shalom.